Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. That's weird. You watch way too many movies. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. I'm Jeff. What's up, bitches? <laughs> Switches. What's oh, up? Sorry, sorry. I just I missed. Uh, yeah. I, I misspoke. What's up? Switches that we're calling our fans. <laughs> I think, Switches. I think so. Not bitches. No. Nah. Switches. Bitches would be mean. It would be. Gay. Not bitches. Yes. Switches. No. Switches. What's up, switches? There you go. <laughs> Every week, with the help of our super time computer, Al, we uh, get a year and a category. I almost fucked that up. We get it. now. I did fuck it up. Uh, we get a year and a category of Asshole. Oscars past, and we decide whether or not the person who won really should have won, or whether we should switch. The envelope. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and fire up Al, and uh, let's go ahead and get our year and our category. All right, Al, back there in the booth, you sexy motherfucker. Let's go. Fire it up. All right, looks like we have our category and our year. So every week we try and play a little game with Corey to see if he can guess the year that our category comes from. This week our category will be Best Actor. Let's try and see what year our oh. best actor will come from. Best actor, huh? Best actor. Okay. Okay. So we're going to try and see what year the best actor category will come from. That's right. It's time for headlines. All right. So. It's my uh, favorite part of this. this I know, entire, man. I know, man. You do it well. Podcast. You do it so well. <laughs> okay. So real easy clue. We're going to narrow it down real fast. All right. Okay. This category comes from. The Obama administration. The golden age of America. Wow. When America truly was great again. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, okay, Obama administration. Oh, the Obama administration. Uh, let's see. Back when our country was still secretly racist. Um, Okay, so that's like 2008 to 2016, somewhere along there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so somewhere in there, right? Somewhere in there. Gives me gives me a range. Got it. Okay, next headline. In February of this year, Jimmy Fallon moved the Tonight Show to New York for the very first time. I don't watch Jimmy. F- I don't give a shit. No, I don't like him. He's kind of an Fallon. asshole. Everything's involved in him. It's all um, about Jimmy Fallon. He's like, hey, I've got the biggest star in the world. Why don't you come on and do a karaoke show with me? <laughs> I know you can sing better than anybody in the world, but you're going to sing with me. Yeah. I don't know when he moved the Tonight Show to. It's early in the Obama. It feels like he's he's been he's had that show for a while. So like 2010, 11. All right. I know you're going to get this. You're a hockey fan like me. Oh. Although you're not a Kings fan, which is a sad, which is sad. You're a Ducks fan. but I'm a better fan. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> on, who's, in, uh, who's in the cellar right now? Who's in the cellar? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know, but I know that the Sabres are number one. That's true. Your Sabres are doing fantastically well. Yeah. It's a tight race, though, on the East. Um, there's only like a point separating the top three yeah, or four. Yeah, that's true, except for there's a 10-game winning streak right now, and the Sabres have... Good job, Buffalo. You know what? Good. 
in, to, in less than a to, year. Not to completely turn this into a, a hockey podcast, but yeah, let's go. Okay, honestly, so. good on you, Buffalo. Like, right in one in less than a year, Buffalo is is number one in the league. Yeah. They went from last, like literally mm-hmm. last last year. This is this is one of the uh, beautiful things about hockey is that the sort of trends can shift like more la- than any other sport. I feel last year the Knights. In Las Vegas, were number one, and now they're like middle of the middle it's of the, the they're, league. They're where they kind of should have, or where everybody yeah. expected them to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's bonkers. Hockey yeah. is great. All I right. love hockey so much. I do too. All right, so since we love hockey so much, okay. Um, and this year, the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup against the Eastern Conference champions from the pre Eastern Conference champions, uh, New York Rangers. Yeah, the New York Rangers. Is this one of their back to back? Uh, Stanley uh, Cup I, appearances. I thought they. I thought they did win back to back, wasn't it? I think so. Um, I, I'm not that big of a Kings fan, but this feels. Ooh. I want to say like 2014, 2015 season. Uh, this was the actually the uh, 2013, 2014 season. I oh, I was close. I was close. All right, so we're doing movies of 2014 then. We're doing movies of 2014, which means this is the 2015 Oscars. Oscars. Awesome. Okay. All right. All right. Some some fucking year play. I was real close. Uh, whew. Yeah. Um. You, you know, when the Kings are in the Stanley Cup, I just don't watch Stanley Cup. So. Oh you know. man. You, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's like it's like what I said before about like the Super Bowl. If the Dolphins aren't in the Super Bowl, I don't watch Super Bowl. So I've never watched the Super Bowl. Um. No. <laughs> Well, uh, I was close. I was uh, that surprised me. Yeah, good good job. Okay, if you would so, if it had been like the Ducks won the Stanley Cup, been like 2007, bitch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, actually, I, I root for the Ducks. I root for the Ducks is like my number three or four team that I root sure. for. Yeah, for me, it's like it's, again to be more hockey all the time. <laughs> for me, it's like the Ducks, Chicago, but Chicago only because of a movie. Actually, um, National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas yeah, Vacation. Christmas vacation. Yeah. Uh, is the only reason I love. Wait, I think the, the Ducks Chicago is the movie too. Uh, no, my Mighty Ducks is because I'm from Anaheim. It's my Anaheim team. It's the first national hockey team that I saw live, and they won, and so that left an impression on me. Um, and then also there's the movies, but the movies are not not the connection. To, it's like I, I'm not an Angels fan in baseball because I watch Angels in the outfield. Nobody's an Angels fan because they watch Angels in the outfield. I know. But I'm, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I've the been du- going. Mighty to- Ducks made a bigger impression on people of our age than true. Angels in the Outfield never it's, did. It's true. Nobody's out I'm there in the field like waving their hands in the air for Angels in the Outfield. But before I knew, before the Ducks became a thing here, um, the only hockey team I knew of basically there were two: the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and well, we did have the Kings. My dad is from Pittsburgh, which is why I, no, but as I didn't care about, mm. you know, like how did you not care about Gretzky? Kelly Rudy, yeah, in they, the goal, they were Come fine, on, but I, it didn't cement me as as a as a fan because they didn't win shit. All right, well, you know what? We're getting too much on <laughs> hockey. Let's just go into the. Um, yeah, you're gonna cut out all of our hockey talk. That's that's for our I second podcast. I will not hockey talk. Um, at least we're not talking about wrestling, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my god, wrestling! Don't even get me started on wrestling. Uh, Al, go ahead and pull up the 2015 Oscars information as we take a peek behind the Oscars. Thank you, Al. Let me get that printout from you. All right, this is the 87th Annual Academy Awards, hosted by, do you know? I actually have no idea who hosted this one. 
NPH. National Public Public Health Ho- Hockey Ho- Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> No, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris hosts this for the first time. I think I think his only time. Has he hosted it again? I'm not sure. He's done the Tonys a few times, and he's a fantastic Tonys host. Um, I, I didn't know that, but this particular Oscars hosting job is a little forgettable for me. I don't remember w- feeling one way or the other about. Well, I was a big I was a big fan of, uh, of Doogie Howser. No. Oh. No. Um, it's How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which how was I, your, I think yeah. still on at this time. Yes, it it was very much on. This might be um, on the height. The height of might have been the pinnacle of how pinnacle of when we still hadn't to, met his mother yet, but he, uh, he no he had met or, his mother in the beginning. Uh, we he was still telling didn't about know, how he met his mother. We still didn't know how he had met their mother. Yeah, I mean, I was very into that show, but I think we had seen her shoulder by this point. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. how did that show end? Was Robin the mother? No, Robin became his like second wife. I think. Oh, okay, so Robin was the stepmother. Eventually, yeah. Okay. But like when they were much older. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, most nominations this year was split, as well as the most wins, by the same movies. There was uh, nine nominations and four wins for both Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. We'll just okay. call it Birdman. Birdman. Uh, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Both, both received. I, I don't know how many other times they've had the same exact nominations and wins. This feels like a first. It doesn't say anywhere whether or not it's a first. Um, but that's pretty cool that like two movies walked away sort of equally as decorated. Uh, Birdman obviously um, wins Best Picture, so it took the sort of higher honor. But um, nevertheless, they they tied in wins and nominations this year. Uh, this is the first time since the Best Picture expansion that every movie. That was nominated as a best best picture won at least one Oscar, which is kind of cool. Um, Birdman. Speaking of best picture uh, winners, Birdman uh, was is the first best picture winner um, to not have an editing nomination uh, since Ordinary People in nineteen eighty. Why was Birdman not nominated for an edit editing uh, Oscar? That, I can't tell you. That makes no sense to me. Because the Academy is stupid and we are smarter than the, the Academy. But the editing part of the Oscars is voted on by editors. I don't understand. Like, that movie is, because they is went, nothing wow, without great editing. We can't do that. We should have thought of that ourselves. Like, fuck and they them. Went, fuck them. <laughs> 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 we should have thought of that. No, like, it's a one-shot movie. Or, like, a faux one, one-shot movie. And it does not work if we don't have super seamless editing and like, you know, piecing all of that shit together, all the whip pans and making sure that everything moves, you know, correctly so that we never notice a single edit in that movie. That's that's a feat in editing. Like, I don't understand why it wouldn't have been nominated for uh, for an Academy Award um, in, you know, achievement in editing. But, you know, whatever. Uh, the Academy got that one wrong. Big snub. Um, but I Big think it's snub. I think it's interesting that uh, editing is very tied to Best Picture in similar way that Best Director is often very much tied to uh, Best Picture. Um, uh, this is uh, uh, an Oscars in which Robert Duvall becomes the oldest man or oldest person um, to receive an uh, acting nomination. He was 84 this year. Um, I wonder if this is topped by Christopher Plummer a couple years ago. Um, but at the time, Robert Duvall became the oldest person nominated for an Academy Award. 
Um, uh, the old guy's got to work too, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I think it's great. He's really good. He was nominated uh, for his portrayal in The Judge, which is a really good movie. Um, kind of a sleeper. It didn't really get a lot of uh, like buzz, but um, I like uh, I liked that movie a lot. Um, Robert I Downey, liked it too. Robert Downey Jr. is is really good in that movie. Um, but I, I can see why it didn't get like a ton of Oscar buzz. It's a mom and dad movie. It, it is a bit of a mom and dad movie. Um, but good nonetheless. Um, Alejandro Inarritu becomes uh, the second consecutive Mexican to win a Best Director uh, award. Previously, um, Alfonso Cuaron uh, won uh, for Best Director for his work in Gravity. Interestingly, interestingly enough, they both used the same cinematographer uh, for those movies, for Gravity and for um, uh, what's the fucking thing? What's the movie that Inarritu did? It, God damn it. Birdman. We were just talking about it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brian Cranston, yeah, and uh, uh, Emmanuel Lubetsky um, becomes only the fourth person to win back-to-back Oscars for cinematography for doing both of those movies. So, like, um, real good feats uh, uh, for um, uh, Mexicans in film, getting back-to-back uh, directing nods. Like, that's that's pretty awesome um, because usually we don't see uh, like foreign directors unless they're like dire- you know directing foreign language films and stuff like that but to see them hit mainstream uh, movies and get uh, awarded well for their great work is pretty awesome and huge strides for inspiring future um, Hispanic filmmakers which is a, which is really cool and it's a it's a you know a celebration of all things Mexico at the Oscars the last couple of years which is really cool it is um Speaking of that best director, uh, this is sort of just an aside for the best director of this year. Um, there's a real big snub, in my opinion, um, for the director of Selma, Ava DuVernay. Um, she put together a really beautiful piece of, of film in Selma and would have been, if she was nominated, would have been uh, a milestone nomination in being the first African-American woman to be nominated for best director. And I think she would have had a good shot of, of winning. Um, and then you, you would have had this sort of like um, really diverse uh, director uh, pool to choose from with like, you know, sort of a, a black woman and a Mexican guy and like, you, you know, like then a bunch of other white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for the Oscars, real diverse, you know? Um, yeah, but I mean, um, we'll talk about Selma when we get to it, but... Um, <clears throat> We've talked about we we've talked about this in other episodes. At this time, I mean, this was why the Oscars were um, boycotted. Yeah, I'm 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 getting uh, to that. That was my my sort of last thing here. Is this uh, 2015 Oscars and then its following year, the 2016 Oscars, were Oscars in which like all acting categories, all 20 nominees. In all of the acting nominees, uh, uh, acting categories are all white people. There is not a person of color to be seen, and it spawned like this. This is uh, the first year that you start seeing people like noticing, like really, not since like eighty nine or eighty eight or something like that has like the entire uh, acting field been all white. Um, so the people started you know mentioning it in some of the the press you know releases ar- around this time, and then by 2016 when it happens again, that's when we get that hashtag Oscar so white, and there's the boycott, and Jada Pinkett Smith comes out, and you know she does her whole her whole Instagram thing, and um, it sort of takes off from there. And uh, the Oscars sort of corrected course a, a little bit, you know, in 2017 I think, um, 
but they're really missing a whole like subset of filmmakers that are doing such great work and actors and you know producers and writers and you know all this kind of you, you know um these artists these artisans that that are really doing this really good work and they just don't get noticed because they're a minority that's kind of fucked up you know um I don't think they would say that it's because it's because they're a minority I think that's where the problem is, is that they don't openly say it's because they're they don't openly come out and say oh we're not doing it because they're a minority but that's kind of what's going on, right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't accidentally just have all white people. On. I mean, part part of it too is is a little systemic in that um, the sort of community trusts in the white male perspective because that's what's been spoon fed the entire time, and especially the older Academy voters. Like that's just what that's who makes the good movies. You and, know, and that's and a really fucked up year, way to think of you know art. You know? Yeah, the year after this, you get a lot of movies that should have been nominated. You could have oh yeah, there's Creed. There's, you have concussion. Um, um, concussion. Yeah, there's you a have um, Straight Outta Compton. Oh you have a God. lot of movies that the performances in them are great. Straight Outta Compton, fantastic. Was robbed of everything Oscar. Well, you, the guy, the I don't, I don't know who played Easy E in that. Al, who played Easy E in uh, Straight Outta Compton? Thank you, Al. Jason Mitchell. Jason yeah. Mitchell. He was so uh, good. He was so good in that movie. Yeah, I, th- I thought easy, the Jason Mitchell's portrayal, portrayal of Easy was great. That whole movie was real good. I thought it was great. You know, like biopics in in general, a lot of time, and this fucking this year is chock full of biopics. There are moments in biopics where you sort of like the real life part of it. If it isn't enough of a, a sort of drama to pull you through, um, you, you know, can can really get some like lull moments in biopics where you're like oh okay this was just sort of like that one thursday cool um uh both selma this year and um the next year with straight out of compton there's there's none of that like well not just straight out of compton you also have will smith concussion. you also have concussion um, has some some lull moments in, yeah, as a biopic though. yeah but you also have michael b jordan <clears throat> in creed 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 is great not a biopic but that's a really good movie too yeah. yeah there's some awesome cinematography in creed too Creed um, is great. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. But I love the Rocky movies though. Yeah. But yeah, Creed yeah. develops itself as its own movie. It's not really it's, it's tonally different, but it's still connected. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really wonderfully done. Yeah, it's good. Um so let's let's stay back in um 2014's movies. Um and let's or go no, ahead the 2015 Oscars. Yes. 2014 movies. Uh but let's explore the highest grossing movies. Oh, I love this part. I love this part because I like to see what types of movies made money this year because they're never the ones that are nominated for an Oscar. And I'm Not assuming typically. that this one's going to be a lot of comic book movies. Uh, there are a few. There are a few, yeah. Um, there are a couple Oscar-nominated ones on this list uh, as well, uh, but not in the way you would think. <laughs> How would I think? How, what the what? what well, there is be one thinking? Best Picture winner. There is a Best Animated Feature nominee. Um, maybe it won. I'm not sure. Um, okay, let's go through them. And man. one giant snub for Animated Feature. But we'll, let's we'll get to it. Let's go through the 2000, top. 2014 turns out to be one of those years where I saw like every fucking movie that came out this year for some reason. Um, as I was sort of thumbing through through this list, I realized like in the top 50 movies that came out this year... I had only not seen seven. Uh, so you need a hobby. I do. <laughs> I do. I have too much time on my hands. 
I'm just um, kidding, man. That's why we're doing this, man. That's because we love movies. There, there is, uh, there's some great movies that came out in 2014, like uh, that Adam Sandler vehicle, Blended. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's you know. one that I will take um, nobody really to see. I think uh, Morgan Freeman had a really powerful performance in Dolphin Tale 2. He was in that? I have no idea. I th- okay. think he might have okay. been in the first one. I'm not sure if he was in the second one. Um, the Expendables 3, man? Come on. You know, I've never seen any of The Expendables. They're great. I have not seen one Expendables You Expendables are movie. such a, a fan of like... like cheesy action film like just quintessential action films and you haven't seen an wait, Expendables wait, wait. movie I am not a fan at all of B-movie action films you I love will not Cliffhanger go on, are you I kidding me I will not go on Netflix and watch their straight to Netflix action films oh I'll watch every single one of those Nick- Nicholas Cage bullshit I cannot action watch movies. those I will watch Cliffhanger a thousand times so if you like Cliffhanger you would love the Expendables movies okay it tonally like fits into that same like Fan, it's not expendable. No, okay, it's good. Stallone, like they're not great movies, but they're great action movies. Wait, 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 better than the Fast and the Furious franchise for my money. I don't know. That's a that's a bold statement. Didn't you say you have you wait have you seen the original Fast? And I've Furious? not seen the original Fast and Furious. I've only seen Tokyo Drift. Okay, that is the and, worst one. And Fast 7 okay, <laughs> or both Furious of those, 7. Both of those are the worst ones. You have to see the first <laughs> one and you have to see the third. Second? Which one has, which one has, uh, I don't know. But you need to see, which one is the, are they in Barstow? <laughs> with you're, with you're Tyrese. Asking, you're asking me. I have no he's in, idea. He's in, he's goes to uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. You got to see Too Fast, Too Furious in the first one. Nah, those are good. Those are good, cool. man. Nah. They're good movies. The First of all, the first one is exact. It's Point Break with cars. Sure, you got to see it. I I've seen most of the first Fast and Furious movie. I've just not seen it all in one setting. So now that's like, a good action movie. Sure, it's literally yeah. Point Break. Expendables better. Just okay, saying. I mean, I I don't know. I would totally take your word for it, and I'll go see it. Uh, this is the year that brought us a million ways to die in the West. <clears throat> Seth, is, Seth MacFarlane's comedy. Yeah, yeah, it was. I saw it in the theater. That's got. Uh, I actually really loved this movie. Um, it was a little bit. I thought it was overly gory, though. It was. Yeah, it was like weird. I loved was, how weird this it fucking was movie was. Oddly gory. Yeah, like a piano just fall or ice or something. Ice just falls on destroys someone's head a dude. Just destroys a guy. Ice destroys. It's like a, dude, a Quentin yeah. Tarantino movie that's just comical. It's weird. And there's, there's, there's. It's really smartly written. Doesn't uh, doesn't <laughs> you know for being uh, a goofy comedy. What doesn't um, Neil Patrick Harris? Neil Patrick movie. Harris. Mm. Does he play the, the villain in this? Yes, he does. Okay, uh, mustachioed man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Muppets Most Wanted came out this year, man. Yeah, it's a great year for fucking movies. No, but uh, to to be <laughs> to be perfectly honest, so many good movies came out. Like uh, a a wonderful indie movie um, starring my my lady friend uh, Helen Mirren, A Hundred uh, Foot Journey. <laughs> Uh, came out this really good movie. If you haven't seen that movie, go see that movie. Um, it's about food and um, I wish you did and, uh, the episode like, of Helen Mirren for 100 Foot Journey. Well, we'll see part two. It's, yeah, we, maybe, we still, there's maybe. still time. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Sam Elliott's I don't, working this year. Did, did he work this year? He worked this year. He did. He was in a Kevin he, Costner movie. He was in movie. draft day. Yeah. He was in draft day. Uh, so, you know, weigh those options by the yeah. time we get to, to part two. Um, movie that we mentioned earlier, The Judge with Robert Duvall and uh, Robert Downey Jr., The Roberts. Interstellar came out this year, man. Interstellar. I love that movie. I know you're. I, I like. No, I like that movie. I just don't think it was. No, I I just think you really like. That I movie. I love Christopher Nolan. I think he's a fantastic storyteller. I think Christopher Nolan is Christopher Nolan. Sure. 
Uh, Fury, one of my favorite war movies. Um, maybe I maybe I need to give that a second year? watch. Fury. You know, I'll give it a second watch. You you're, you weren't you weren't that pizzazzed. Now, when I was watching it, I was not really into it. You know, I when you watch movies at home and you're like, yeah, it's 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 okay. G- give it another shot. I really enjoyed Fury. Brad Pitt is awesome because he's Brad Pitt. Um, but uh, for Shia LaBeouf's performance alone, I think it's the best thing Shia LaBeouf has ever done. Is really? his role in Fury? I like Disturbia. Disturbia is good, but he's kind of just like quirky Sam Witwicky. Yeah, this movie completely different. He's a He's really good. I think they used the same set from his house in Transformers for his house in Disturbia. They, they might have. Yeah, they, 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 look exactly they feel the same. like the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saint Vincent with Bill Murray came out this this year. Did you see Saint Vincent? Um, Melissa McCarthy I and don't really Bill remember Murray? that movie. You don't remember? I don't remember Saint Vincent. No. It's it's one of those. That was one of his weird indie phase movies. It is right? a weird indie, yeah. indie movie. It's really good. Uh, it's one of those movies. the The story behind I watch this movie, anything. He can he can do a commercial. And I'll watch it. It's so. true. The story behind this movie is really interesting, though. Uh, apparently, Bill Murray is like the hardest man to reach in Hollywood. He has like yeah, uh, he has a one eight hundred number. Yeah, that goes to his lawyer. Yeah, or it goes to an answering machine. But that that's his only lawyer people checks. That he doesn't really know because there's a lot of people that can get a hold of him. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, a, a guy wrote a script. And he called the number and pitched the script on the num uh, on the answering machine or whatever. And Bill Murray got back to him and was like, "Yeah, let's make this movie." <laughs> and they made this movie. It was awesome, and it was a good. It was a really good movie. Um, uh, a bit of an indie darling, if you will. Uh, but the story alone is is really cool. Um, this is uh, the year that gave us John Favreau's Chef, which is a really solid movie. Great movie. Uh, Get on up, which is a really good uh, bi- biopic. Um, Ow! That suffers a little bit. Uh, it's a James Brown biopic that suffers a little bit from its uh, like ability to tell a linear story. Like it, it's too like the editing kind of fucks this movie up a little bit. Um, but all the performances and and everything are really great in it. Plus the music. Like how can you go wrong with yeah, James Brown? James Brown, man. Great music. Uh, and uh, you know, other movie of note before we get into the actual top ten. Fucking John Wick came out this year. Yeah. You're you're looking at me like you have not seen John Wick. Oh my god! I've seen John Wick too. You've seen the sequel, (laughs) but you haven't seen John Wick. I've not seen John Wick. It passed me by. Did you like John Wick too? Yeah, I did. The original John Wick better um, because it's a little tighter. Uh, John Wick two kind of like it spreads out a little more. Yeah, but you and I watch movies for two different things. You watch movies for the cinematography. I watch movies for the movie. Oh no, no, I mean like the choreography, the story, like. Um, the fight sequences, everything's a little more like it just feels more compact as a movie. Like okay. it's, it's a more like solid rock of a film. The, the original John Wick, John Wick Two, feels a little like a sequel. You know, they they went a little bigger, a little badder. You know, like in in the scale of it. Um, but the first one is just like a dude, you know, revenge killing because somebody. Okay, well, don't tell me anymore because you'll end up telling me the ending, and I don't want the he ending. Dies. John Wick dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. And then okay. he's miraculously alive for John okay. Wick 2. <laughs> not, not that. You'll still tell me the ending. And everybody on this podcast. Go see John Wick. Honestly, like after we're done here, fucking go see John Wick. All right. So the actual top 10 <clears throat> movies of the box office this year starts off with an uh, animated feature from Disney that's also a comic book movie from Marvel. And that's Big Hero 6. I love Big Hero 6. I love me some Baymax. 
It's it's a great. It, this is a fun fun cartoon. It has uh, gambling in the street. It does. It does have street it has, gambling. <laughs> it starts out with street gambling. It uh, has death of a family member that you have to have in every Disney movie. Mm-hmm. A death of a fl- close family member and a di- and a relocating of your family. It's got a cute robot. It's got a cute robot who gets drunk. <laughs> like kind you of, have yeah. in most when his battery most, drains. Yes. Yeah, like you have in most Disney films, like in Dumbo. Furry baby. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Disney is not very child re- childlike. You know, oh, it's setting them up for like real life expectations, man. Exactly, exactly. Um, the little fist bump thing that happens in this movie, uh, where he's trying to teach him to explode the fist bump, and he he comes back with him with ba la 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 la. That's become sort of like the thing that me and my sons do, like we fist bump and then ba la 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 la, because of Big Hero Six. Uh, it was super charmed the pants off me. This movie, I, I enjoy Big Hero Six a lot. Uh, it was good enough to be number 10 in 2014. Uh, number nine, uh, X-Men reboot of sorts. The new X-Men, Days of Future Past, is the second installment in the sort of reboot with uh, new uh, Xavier and Magneto. And X-Men um, sucks. We can just go right past that. So what's, okay. number, what's number eight? I, I had mixed feelings on, on that movie, um, but I do enjoy it better than like X-Men 3. Um, number eight on this list is another Disney film. Lots of Disney on this on this list. Um, Disney film. This is part of their sort of live action um, revamp of stuff. This is their Sleeping Beauty live action, which is told from the perspective of the evil witch dragon lady, Maleficent. Yeah, Maleficent. Uh, Ange- Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. And Elle Fanning, I think, is is Aurora in this movie, Dakota Fanning's little sister. Okay. Um, pretty good. For, I think this, was, I, I think this is, is solid. This is better than good. This is a. This is a. This is a. Um. I think this is the best you could do with a remake, a live action remake, of something like, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Sure. Because you're taking it. They actually took a little different point of view. They actually went from the evil queens, the Maleficent point of view, which I feel was the point of view that is the most interesting from the animated feature. Anyway, like her part of it is the most interesting. If they would part. have made the movie and called it Aurora, it would have been. I don't think it would have made as much. It wouldn't have been number eight on the list. Sure, you know what I mean. Because they made Maleficent, yeah. the main character. Because the main Maleficent is the main character, and their franchise has spawned from that. That's why they have all the Descendants movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. where Mal, Mal mm-hmm. is the main character of that, and it's the daughter of Maleficent. Which a bit of a guilty pleasure. I don't know how you feel about the Descendants movies. I, I mean, we both I have daughters, and we they both all have love children. It. Um, your daughters probably watch it more than my sons. Um, yeah. but we did we did watch them, and I I really enjoyed the cheesy Disney. I have to watch them daily. Oh, see, I don't watch them that much, but oh, yeah. I I did enjoy the original. I have to Descendants watch them. Uh, more than I probably should have. <laughs> you know, like that. That's also the sort of Disney geek in me. The way that they were like. You know the offspring of the villains and the, the offspring the, of the, the fandom of it yeah, is actually like, kind of cool. I like uh, the idea behind it. Yeah, the, a lot. the fandom of it's kind of cool. Uh, and it's a if little you're a Disney, if you're into Disney and you're into all the because a lot of people are a lot of yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are really into the whole ma- like not magic but like the whole like uh, story behind Disney and the old characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Descendants actually presents that as like a, a, a continuation world, yeah. of the story. Which yeah. is what a lot of stuff out there is right now. That's what a lot of these. It's it's kind of fan fiction. For, yeah, that's for that's Disney what I'm geeks. saying. It's like a fan fiction of Disneyland or Disney to to yeah. see that to see the stories continue. And a lot of their cartoons are doing that now too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the cartoons are continuations of the story. Yeah, like even uh, Nickelodeon's doing that too. Nickelodeon shows are having um, Dora the Explorer is growing up. She has like yeah. a 
her new story. She's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. D- Dora. It's the, not like the Simpsons where they're where they'd never age. Thirty years yeah. of the same age. Um. Yeah, I think uh, it's like the tween version of Once Upon a Time from ABC, right? Well, I think the or the once? darker version, once? the darker version from of Once Upon a Time is grim. No, 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 not the darker version. I'm saying what like once is it Once Upon a Time or is it just once? Once Upon a Time. Uh, that TV show is the same thing, but live action for like no that TV prime show. Time. No, that's what's gonna say that that TV show is more about. Making a real life version of the fairy tales. Uh huh. This Descendants is just a continuation of the story. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. If all of the stories were if connected all the story, in the same universe. if all the stories were in the one universe and they continued, gotcha. So Belle and the Beast actually got married and, yeah. and had a kid. This would be their their son, and it would be the the prince, and he's going to high school, and these kids go to the high school together. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to look look past a bit of the like time jumps from like the different eras of these fairy tales yeah are told in very different like even like decades centuries like whatever uh the origins of these stories but yet they all have kids that are relatively the same age which is fun yeah um moving on (laughs) past maleficent uh into the number seven spot a terrible movie that a fuck ton of people saw transformers age of extinction now this is which transformers I want to say that Mark this is Wahlberg? the Mark Wahlberg. Okay, yeah, don't no, skip that. There are transformer dinosaurs in this. Fuck this movie. Fuck you, Michael Bay. Okay, number skip six. Uh, really, really good movie, actually. Um, Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. Um, this might be the conclusion of the Hobbit series. Uh, has a little bit of ben- Benedict Cumberbatch in it, playing Smog. Um, very short lived part in in this because he's mostly in the second one um i don't like smog because i like clean air that's true yeah you know all about clean air they eradicate him from the air so it's cool yeah yeah um i really enjoyed the hobbit movies i i slept through most of the lord of the rings movies we've talked a little bit about this yeah because it's like nine hours people just walk well not that it's it like anytime there's horses swords and accents i just doze off you know it's weird Hobbit is horses, swords, and accents. No, no, it's it like they eliminate. They don't have accents. They're like, all American. There's not it really. It takes place in, in Germany. No, there's not a lot of Australia. those three things happening at once. New Zealand doesn't have accents. They do. Okay. It it doesn't have a lot of those happening at once. Their swords are the swords you like. Uh, no. Okay. Just, I'm just trying to figure out uh, the difference it, between the Hobbit and since they're the same story. There is some horses and accents. Uh, but they're they're but like no swords, so you're good, right? Or there's okay. swords and accents, so but no horses. Of swords and and accents and horses and horses, and they all have to be together, and that's like the the trifecta to make you fall asleep. And then it triggers my narcolepsy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I think it's a real condition. We should probably look at. I think it's I think it's diagnosed actually. It's diagnosable at okay. least. Yeah. Um, but the Hobbit doesn't have those in in uh, in in the movie a lot. So uh, I liked the Hobbit movies more than I liked the Lord of the Rings okay. movies. Gotcha. Uh, that so came the more in boring, number six. The more boring the fantasy, the more you stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Okay, cool. Or the less interesting, I should say. The less interesting the story is. You, you think horses are what makes fantasies Well, if you have horses, then you have guys riding on the horses. Yeah. You take away those, then you guys just got guys walking. See, but you have swords, right? You have horses and the swords. That means the guys are swinging the swords. 
we take those away, those, and you got just guys riding on swords. Or- riding on swords? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you take away those, you've got guys riding on horses without swords, but yeah. they've got accents. Maybe they have bows and arrows or axes, so that's cool. So that doesn't make you fall asleep. Yeah. It's not weapons, because I'll watch I'll watch the shit out of a Western, and that's dudes with accents on swords. With, with, accents? Yeah, it's like a southern accent. It's a cowboy accent. That's a... Whatever. It's, a, it's an accent. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're right. on horses, but they have six shooters or rifles. Totally into that. <clears throat> Specifically swords. <clears throat> Excuse me. All yeah. right. I think there's it, like... So you see a sword, I, you fall asleep. No. Because swords are fine. Sword fights, fine. But put that sword fight on a horse and then have them talk to each other in an accent. You know, it's very rare that I a movie has a guy on a horse fighting with a sword. But you know what movie has that? Lord of the Lord Rings. Of the Rings. <laughs> Gotcha. Specifically, Return of the King, and there's a moment in Return of the King where, like, the trifecta shows up. I fall asleep every single time I watch that fucking movie. All right. Um, Most time they get off the horse, and then I wake up. It's the weirdest okay. thing. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. I've I've woken up at the same we moment. We figured this in that out. Movie. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Which is why I can't get into Game of Thrones. By the way, they never fight on swords. Why do I keep saying this? <laughs> they fight with swords all the time in Game of Thrones. They don't fight on their horses with the swords. No, they, but they get, get off their horses. Right. And they fight with swords. But I would be so, like, you know, dozing off like a heroin addict watching Game of Thrones because Most of the time on, they're not even on horses. They're on the horse. They're talking. They got a sword. I fall asleep. And then they, like, get off the horse. And I'm like, oh, they're off the horse. Cool. And then somebody squishes somebody's head. And I go, Ooh. You really should watch it because they're not on so- they're not on horses. It's- I keep on saying on swords. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying they're on swords. <laughs> I really want these guys to be on swords. Let's move into the top five okay. movies. Uh, number five is a movie that was snubbed for a Oscar, I think, because it's a great movie. Um, animated feature in 2014 that is the Lego movie. I love the shit out of Legos, and I love Lego the shit out of the Lego movie. growing on me. It's cr- <laughs> <laughs> It's growing on you. No, I'm kidding. No, Lego movie is awesome. I loved it. It's a great because Will Ferrell movie. everything is awesome. You know, like, I, I, I love Will Ferrell in that movie. Um, the the sort of like tongue in cheek or like wink to the sort of like person who sits and builds Legos like me. Um, like I sit with my sons and and build Legos. Um, from the kids. Are you like? like you know, are you like uh, president? Are you like uh, what's it called president business or whatever his name is? I I am a like, little. You don't, you don't like the kids touch anything. You super glue it down. I don't super glue. Um, but I, I'm, I'm the like. The, there's two types of Lego builders. There's people who are just like, give me a bunch of pieces and let's build something weird, like the builders that are in the movie. And then there's the people that are just like, let's build the kit, let's make the little models or whatever. Um, and that's the sort of feat, putting the puzzle together. Um, I'm the puzzle Lego builder, you know. Um, but I'm not super like, don't fuck it up, you know, or like don't play with it, you know. But there are certain things where like. This is this is the set where like I don't want you to touch, and then this is the stuff that we'll build together, and then you play with it, you know. And if it breaks, it breaks. If whatever, you know, like have fun, be a kid. Um, I'm not as like much of a dick as Will Ferrell's character is in that about like you know gluing the shit down and like. Do you just put look signs all it. over the? Do you put no, signs all over the house? Not at all. Don't touch. Um, look look for me and my son building Legos on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe. Um, soon. Um, moving past the Lego movie. Uh, one of my favorite Marvel Universe movies. Uh, I think one of the best Captain America movies. Captain America Winter Soldier is number four on this list. It's a very good movie. I love all the... I actually love all the um, 
the uh, Captain America. Captain America. I love all the Captain America movies. I think they're the best of the Marvel movies. I agree. As a f- solid franchise, uh, I think the most consistent and best, absolutely. Um, Iron Man is really close to it, except for Iron Man Two. Yes, that's what bugs. That's me. what sort of Iron brings it, brings it down. Is just stupid. Um, Thor is on on an increasing rise for me, um, but not as consistent. You know, um, the rest. Uh, Ant Man is serviceable. It's fun. But, I haven't seen the new Ant Man. Um, it's fun, but you, you know, Captain America is solid throughout. You know, um, Avengers is great too, but it's just yeah, yeah, the, the Avengers too. But like, you don't have the Avengers without all the other parts. You know, so like the Avengers is like icing. It's ice cream on top of your pie. Like you really need to have like the good pie. Otherwise, the ice cream is just ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Good pie. I don't believe that's a good analogy, but you know whatever. <laughs> Uh, this is the year in number th- the number three. S- oh, fuck. Coming in at number three this year is our first foray into the Guardians of the Galaxy universe, which is the best Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the second Guardians of the Galaxy is okay. We've it, talked about another another. We've talked about another shows. It was it it's, was. It's kind of a throwaway movie. I didn't like the whole the whole planet. Thing. I I enjoyed it, but it didn't leave an impression on me the way that like the I original the first, Guardians. The first of the one did. was really good, so good. It's so. it's really good. Uh, it was good enough to come in at number three, and that was a giant movie that year. Like Guardians of the Galaxy blew away all expectations because it was a comic book that nobody gave a shit about. And then when this movie came out, everybody went and saw it. And blew away a bunch of box office records and all that, all that kind of stuff. They also had really good marketing with the uh, they did. with the soundtrack, and there was there was a lot of good marketing. But there are two movies that blew it away at the box office, and what shows what those movies are, Corey? One of them I expect; the other one surprises the fuck out of me. Number two on this list of top ten highest grossing movies of 2014 is The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, which I own, love, saw multiple times in the theater. I can see why that would be up there. I, I bought into The Hunger Games franchise hook, line, and sinker. You read know, all the books. I was watched not all the really that into it. I can understand that because it's a little juvenile uh, in its storytelling. Not only that, but like... Because the, yeah. it's, well, it's a young adult not, like story, so like... It, it I was the idea was kind of stupid. I love the world. I bought into it completely. But I, I can understand where somebody is like, eh, it's not for me. You know? Um, but I, I also loved, I love me some J-Law. You know? So her, as Katniss, I, like, was invested from the first movie when she was like, I volunteer as tribute. I was like, you do it. It's so The first sad. one was okay. I remember watching the first one and being like, this is pretty good. But the then first one is kind of the on, weakest of, of the franchise. Well, as it went on, I was like, nah, I'm not, just not feeling this. The second one is really good. Um, the Mockingjay part one and part two are really good. Yeah, uh, the first for, one has all the, the first one is where it's actually the the hunt and the, the game. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I don't know. I thought the, It sets it up. Yeah, you... There's the actual Hunger Games is in the first one. Yeah, well, there's there's a Hunger Games in the second one, but then there's like a twist. Yeah, that sets you up for the third movie, and you know whatever. But. So that's why I mean the first one was pretty good. I, I like the first one, but the other I don't know. They just kind of got to me. I didn't like them as much. They are a more solid franchise than like Divergent series, which is also um, this year. I think we talked about this in the last in yeah. the last uh, episode. That one just petered right out. <laughs> yeah, because I was telling yeah. you, I was saying the Scorch Trials and stuff were, were a little bit better, but the Maze Runner stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that the Hunger Games are better than Maze Runners for me, but I do enjoy the Maze Runner movies uh, as well. But I did expect the Hunger Games to be a juggernaut movie because it was a huge franchise. Um, 
to top Guardians of the Galaxy. The number one movie, I did not expect to be the number one movie at all, and that's American Sniper. No way. Absolutely. That's insane. Right? So looking at just, just the numbers, Guardians of the Galaxy makes $333 million. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 makes $337 million. So really tight um, you, you know, gap between, between those two. Like they just sort of edged... You know, Hunger Games just sort of edged um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Then American Sniper comes along and makes $350 million. You know what, though? There's, there's a like, lot of... Like $20 million more. Yeah, but you got to understand, man, there's a lot of people who... First of all, I love military movies. Like, the gap between them is the the entire amount of money that Boyhood made. <laughs> yeah, but but there's a lot of people that just love that kind of movie. And, there's a lot of, and that was sold as kind of a, like I said conservative Republican sure. movie. There was a lot of people that were selling it like that. And there was a there was an election coming that, that year. Uh next the next there was a midterm two years. Oh no, I guess there was, there was a, a midterm that year. Yeah. And there was an election that came up two years later. Yeah. There's a lot of people that like that like at that time. Yeah, I, I mean I suppose it, it, it is sort of the movie that tapped into the MAGA crowd um before we knew that they were the MAGA crowd. You know, they were just sort of middle America, I guess. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the only reason why. I mean, people just probably like it because they like Bradley I just mean the, Cooper. I, I mean the conservative, conservative America gravitated towards towards that movie and it sort of tapped in. And they did market it heavily towards like, this is about an American, all American, you know, serviceman, America, um, and and his bi- biography, and you know he should be celebrated. Um, it was fine. I, the movie is not great for my money. Like. Um, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he's a serviceman or whatever. There's plenty of movies that are about war or about, um, you know, um, people who have served the country or the military or whatever that I absolutely love. Um, American Sniper just sort of bored me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, they're just it was sort of meh. But a fuck ton of people saw it, you know, to make it number one this year. And that surprised the hell out of me. I don't know. It just. Yeah. Uh, over a comic book, like two comic book movies that were huge comic book movies, and over uh, a franchise that was absolutely on fire at the time, for it to blow away both of those—that's pretty yeah. impressive. I, I, mean, I have to hand it to it; it's a pretty impressive feat um, for you know, sort of Clint Eastwood sleeper biopic to destroy. That was everybody Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper. It's not exactly a sleeper. Uh, no, 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 I mean, like for it to go up against those sort of like Disney Marvel juggernauts. Yeah, that's true. And blow them out of the water. Like that's impressive. Good, good on you, Clint Eastwood, for for being able to to tap into that audience. You know, um, it didn't speak to me, but that's because movies are subjective. But anyway, so that's the top ten highest grossing movies of 2014. Okay, well, we're gonna recap the nominees for Best Actor in 2015. Um, all right, so let's start with Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. Okay. Michael Keaton in Birdman. Steve Carell in Foxcatcher. Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. And Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game. Um, solid, solid listing. I think Bradley Cooper is probably the weakest um, of that of that grouping. But I think that these guys, I think any one of these, if they won, I would not be upset about it. I think these... I would agree. I think this is one of the most solid uh, acting categories. A lot of times there's one guy in there, you're like, why are they in there? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper, I think, is or the how weakest. How did they get of, nominated? Yeah, right. <laughs> how did they even get nominated? How did they even get nominated? 
Um, I think Bradley Cooper is the sort of weakest performance of of this listing, but still, yeah, if he had won, I would have been like, yeah, I understand it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but there are there like this whole year was stacked with really good performances, really good movies, especially in um, the sort of actor uh, category. Um, what are some sort of alternates that you feel might have been good for for this? Well, you like the movie Fury. Do you see anybody in Fury that you well, think? Well, yeah, Brett. I mean, I I have a a love in my heart for Brad Pitt. Everything he does, I will go see, uh, because I'm never really disappointed in Brad Pitt. Now, um. I mean, I think that Brad Pitt was a fantastic actor. He still is a fantastic actor. I love everything he does. I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. He, it's not. It's not his most outstanding role. It's solid because Brad Pitt is is solid. But um, I, I don't know if he's at the caliber of you know Eddie Red Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. I don't think he's the one there. that from that movie specifically that I think should have gotten a nomination is actually Shia LaBeouf. Um, really? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf is so good in this movie. Um, for, but he would be a supporting actor, so he wouldn't necessarily qualify. Okay, so when we do supporting actor from 2015, we'll bring we'll, bring we'll come back around back to Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, um, yeah, Sh- yeah, Shia LaBeouf is really so good. So, anybody else do you think of? Um, I mean, I really loved Interstellar, so I want to say Matthew McConaughey, but I feel like you're going to veto me. Well, we remember Matthew McConaughey won the previous year for Dallas Buyers Club. Okay. So I think somebody else should get. Uh, we should talk about somebody else this year. Yeah, and and really, like as far as Oscar performance, I mean, if I'm really th- gonna be honest about it, like there's really that one scene. The rest of it is just like regular Maddie Max being good. Yeah. Uh, there's just that like one scene. It sort of falls in, into the same category as like Monique. Like there's really just one scene. The rest of it is just sort of like anybody could have kind of done this. Solid performances from him. Yeah, it's yeah. solid, but um, it's what we expect from them. It doesn't like go beyond. Um, but he's good. That movie is so good. Um, Gone Girl came out this year. I know there was a lot of talk about Rosamund Pike. I think she won for for Gone Girl. Um, <clears throat> but Ben Affleck is is solid. I am gonna say that Ben Affleck. Let me talk about. Let me talk to you a little about. Yeah. About Mr. Ben. He is ben. an. I Oscar, call him ben. He's an Oscar winner at this point for writing. Well, I, I call him Affleck. Affleck. Um, Benjamin is. <laughs> Okay. One of the most overrated actors. Overrated? I think he gets shit on a lot, actually. I think it's I think he's overrated since he keeps getting nominated. He keeps getting in these movies that he shouldn't be given part. He shouldn't he shouldn't really be in Hollywood, frankly. Oh fuck. I think He that, shouldn't be in Hollywood. <laughs> I think he's a great director. Sure. I think Lots he's a, of he's people a great are great directors, but he really shouldn't be doing a lot of movies that he's doing acting wise acting wise yeah all right so maybe not him maybe not him <laughs> um how about uh david oello for selma playing martin luther king jr there we go absolutely he is so good as dr martin yes. luther king jr i mean i have some issues with uh maybe the casting of that but we'll talk about it when we go over it so you want to you want to add him yeah let's add him adding him to the list he is so good um. Uh, yeah, like I I bought every moment of of that movie. I was so so hooked. Um, and part of that was was his portrayal, even though it isn't necessarily like completely accurate to you know King, but like it's really close, and he's really powerful in in that role. 
Uh, cool. So we're going to add him to our alternate list. And let's see here. We've got uh, Ray Fiennes, the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, the one of the darlings of the Oscars this year. Not nine nominations, but not him. Surprising because the the love that this movie got, but not he's the sort of soul of this movie. I'm good with that. You're good with him not being nominated. Or well, if anybody, I think it would have been um, uh, what's it called Bill Murray. But that's again more of a supporting, I guess, role. I, this uh, this is this is one of those tough ones because it's it's a real ensemble. Like and I think the when charm you're of this your, movie is all of the the pieces moving together. But that's a Wes Anderson movie. It is. So I think in that case, you can't really. And Wes Anderson movies, you can remove anybody from the cast and put somebody else in there, and it's going to be the same same part. It's going to be the same character in every movie. I think every movie is the same character. Fucking hate you. So yeah, sorry, no man. Ray Fiennes. No Ray Fiennes. God damn it. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. All right, last one. Really good performance from this dude. Uh, completely disappears in this role to where he's almost unrecognizable. Dropped a bunch of weight. I know that this is a... Like, drop a bunch of weight, win an Oscar kind of a thing. Gain weight, don't lose an Oscar. Or l- lose the Oscar, like Bradley Cooper. Lose a bunch of weight, should win an Oscar. Like, okay. Like Eddie Redmayne. So he did... Did gain, he lose a bunch he, of weight? Did he lose a bunch of weight? I don't I think don't, he lost a bunch of weight for... I don't, I don't know that... He's just, he's just that. Okay, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I'm talking specifically about Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. Yeah, it was a good movie. Who plays just a weird dude in general. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're good. Oh, we agree. I'm good with that, yeah. You're good. Okay, so our alternates then would be uh, David Oiello and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Cool. So we're adding them to our list that includes Eddie Redmayne, Steve Carell, Bradley Cooper, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Michael Keaton. Yes. Those are our nominees and alternates. That's what we're going to go to. Um, to, to decide who should have really won this Academy Award. Probably not Bradley Cooper, but, you know, we'll see. It's We're running through the, the metric. It could it's be. Science. Stop shitting on Bradley. I'm, I'm pulling for David Oiello. I think he was snubbed for uh, a nomination and just is so good that I, I don't mean, see how he doesn't get This is a stacked year. This is a stacked year. I'm I not sure Jake Gyllenhaal will be able to pull it out, but we'll he's see. He's super solid, man. I, I don't see how he doesn't Nightcrawler score is a really high. good movie. It's, it's a really, really good movie, good. and he emerges. He immerses himself in the character in that movie, Yeah. so I could see why we could put him in this category of these other actors. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. We'll see next episode to see where, we, where they stack up. Yeah, we'll run them all through the metric, and we'll decide who should have really won the Best Actor Oscar of 2015 next time. Let's switch the envelope. All right. Uh, make sure to hit us up on our Twitter, on our Instagram, on our Tinder, on our <laughs> on our Plenty of Fish. Our J-Dates. On our... <laughs> On our Christian, uh, Mingle. Christian Mingle, on our <laughs> Farmers de- Farmers Net, Data Cougar, on our d- definitely Data Cougar. We are all over Data Cougar, and uh, plenty of fish at uh, Corey is the man. Really, you set up? I'm married, you asshole. It's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool. He likes the marriage thing. He likes the cheating. Thing. <sighs> no, my wife listens. Stop it. On Tinder. On Tinder. Help us grow. Yeah, help us. Help us get more switches. Help us. Uh, We'll see you next time on Switch the Envelope.